Hi and welcome to It's an Arsenal Thing podcast with me, your host Tom, and I'm in the company again of Silent Dave. All right, Dave, don't answer that. Remember, you're supposed to be silent. Um, this episode is called The Good, The Bad and The Jacker. Um, you can probably work out why, but I'll explain it a little bit later on. What a weekend of football. Brilliant. Um, very exciting. Uh, some really weird and interesting results that managed to make the league seem more open and um, could lead on to, to bigger things. And from an Arsenal point of view, a win at Burnley would have um, meant us climbing up a little bit. But we all know what happened. We, we won't go down that road. Not just yet. So the games at the weekend, Liverpool and Fulham, how unlucky were Fulham? Um, they weren't given a penalty. Um, let me have a look at the notes. Um, there was an incident between Fabinho and Cav- Cavillero. Clear penalty. Absolutely 100% penalty. Not given. Later on in the match, Liverpool get a penalty. Uh, very questionable penalty. From a free kick, the Fulham defender, I don't know his name, jumps up, rotates, probably not to get one in the crown jewels. Puts his arm up, ball hits him on the arm, penalty. Um, The law is now that if your arm is apparently above your shoulder, the ball hits you, it's a penalty. What's that about? So Liverpool snatched a draw out of um, pretty much a loss. It really was that blatant. And when they um, say about VAR, which Jurgen Klopp said he didn't really have much time for, it seems to work for Liverpool. Liverpool. It's, uh, the clue is there, isn't it? But my favourite part about that match, Liverpool versus Fulham, <laughs> was discovering that Fulham had a keeper called Areola. <laughs> I know, I can't help it. Um, I became like a 12-year-old boy chuckling in the playground behind his hand. But I'm always like that. When CSI starts talking about a traffic accident, and the absence of skid marks. Um, I'm done for 10 minutes at least. So those results at the weekend. Chelsea lost 1-0 to Everton. Spuds drew against Palace. I always thought, I was watching that game, I always thought there was something in that game for Palace. Zaha was lively. He just had a draw written all over it. And Spurs just couldn't get past a really determined uh, Crystal Palace Roy Hodgson side. United and City drew. Um, and all looked good. I felt upbeat. You know, as we were heading into the Burnley match, I felt that uh, if we could just snatch a win, it would do us uh, the world of good. There's some dogs barking in the background. Can you be quiet, please? Um, anyway, let's do tonight's menu. It's a jam-packed 30 minutes plus, a jamboree of football, mulling over the euphoria of the 4-1-4-1-4-2, Dave. You read this through with me. No bourbons for you. Um, just have the tea, no milk either. Yeah, we'll be mulling over the euphoria of the 4-1 Europa League victory over Dundalk before turning our attention to the misery, the misery of the fourth consecutive loss at home to Burnley. Later on, we've got Michael dropping in uh, to add his perspective. We've got a guest, yay, uh, on the season so far. And we'll round up, um, round up the transfer news and other stories but first, let's have a look at that Dundalk game. It was expected by quite a few people that I was speaking to to be a bit of a training exercise, but it wasn't all plain sailing. Let's do the positives. Uh, Enketia got a poacher's goal 
after some slack defending about the 12-minute mark. Uh, three goals in six matches now for him, and you can't argue with that. But would I put him in place of a Bamiyang or a Martinelli or a Balogun? No, I don't know why that is, because he does get goals. It's just me, I think. If you've got any um, sort of opinions on that, please let me know. Uh, El Nenny got the second goal after around 17 minutes. Uh, got a lovely ball from Smith Rowe. Uh, Smith Rowe was just on the left of the box, dropped his shoulder, set up El Nenny. El Nenny let go a blistering missile of a shot. A fantastic goal. In surprised himself. Cedric then shaved the post. Maitland Niles had a pop, which produced a save. Um, Balogun then, uh, for me, stood out and, and get that boy in. He needs to get a, a first-team slot, surely, with goals being a premium. Balogun showed his class. Had his back to the goal, but set up a little peach, a very short pass to Willock, who popped the ball in from uh, the 46th minute. And then Balogun got a goal himself. 79th minute from a cute Pepe pass. Um, lovely, lovely, delightful ball, delightful goal. This kid is a player. And if we're stuck for goals, get him in. Mikel, get the lad in. Give him a go. Sean Hall picked up um, a second for Dundalk in the 84th. And it's all been a bit plain sailing, really, in the Europa League. Not so in the Premiership. So what I did before the match, the Burnley match, um, I asked some friends and uh, people on uh, Arsenal forums to send me a list of 10 words that best describe Burnley. 10 individual words that best describe Burnley's attributes. And I got them all. Uh, Some of them were duplicated, so I I just made a, a compilation of what came in. So resilient. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Physical, definitely. Determined, absolutely. Tireless, I agree. Durable, no doubt about that. Organised, 100%. Strong, oh yes. Spirited, yep, again. Committed, can't argue with that either. And enterprising, that was a bit of a dodgy one. Quite a few people came up with enterprising. Um, What does that mean? It's not really a football term, is it? Who are these people? Who are these people that I I should not contact them in the future? Um, I also gave Dave the same task. Give me 10 words that best describe Burnley. He came back and I was quite shocked. His answer was, they're just a poor man's West Ham United in disguise. (laughs) And that's exactly, Dave, why you're not allowed near the microphone at all. Um, so let's go on to that dreadful outcome. Um, before I do, let's give you some stats from the BBC Sports. That must be good. Uh, defeat means Arsenal have now lost four straight league games at home for the first time in, have a guess, 61 years. 61 years. The Gunners have also gone 12 hours and 32 minutes without finding the net from open play. That is a major, major concern. And we touched on this last time about the missing quality, the need to buy some players. Um, Stat number three, four wins and a draw after 12 games. This is their worst start to a top flight season since 1974. 
75 when they had won two and drawn three. People were in flares when that happened. Sideburns were in. People did that crazy sort of dance with their shoulders, stuff like the 70s. Uh, fact number four, their tally of 10 goals after 12 Premiership games is their lowest at this stage of a top flight season since 1981-1982 when they had just eight. And the last miserable fact, Arsenal have received six Premier League red cards since Mikel Arteta took over uh, last December. And that's double any other side in that uh, same time frame. So that's quite depressing, isn't it, really? Um, the whole scene, it looks like we're breaking records for all the wrong reasons. And I don't think it's it's over yet because there are some tough fixtures coming up. Southampton are on the rise. Um, I don't know what's going on down there. Ralph Fafenfufel. Ralph Fafenfufel has done the business down there. He's got those boys playing like it's going out of fashion. And uh, they're deservedly up there. They're playing some really nice football. When he first arrived, I didn't think much was going to happen. But nope, he's nailed it. Then we've got Everton um, with the very morose um, Ancelotti. But again, they beat Chelsea. So we could be in a bit of trouble in these next two matches. And they are matches that we've got to take at least a draw out of each or four points out of the pair. It's, it's, it's that desperate. We've got to do it. So anyway, we, um, we entertained Burnley at the Emirates. Um, the menacing figure of Sean Dyche was um, on the touchline. Resembles a Bond villain, don't you think? He really does. He's sort of like got the, the goatee and uh, the gravelly voice. Like he's munching gravel. Um, I quite like him, though. He's a, he's a decent chap and he, he's, he's done an amazing job. He, he was mentioned with the Arsenal job at one stage, which I think is a not my favourite candidate for that job. Um, anyway, we, we started off OK. I've got to be honest with you, the first half was a bit boring. It really was a bit tiresome. 13 minutes in and Aubameyang, uh, Lacazette, Saka... Um, they all had a go to try and get past Nick Pope. Nick Pope is an incredibly good goalkeeper. Some big club is going to go in for that boy and snap him up. He's a real prospect. He's an England number one. Burnley then went up the other end, had a sniff of goal, um, followed by Arsenal's dis- defence switching off, which allowed Wood a free header at goal. And it just P-rolled past the post. Uh, very lucky. Um, holding went close in about the 21st minute after uh, meeting a sack across and Arsenal at that stage were looking quite good value for money they they were looking like they were going somewhere Burnley weren't really offering too much but they did keep reminding Arsenal that they were still about and um, capable of pressing hard the, the thing I noticed was the midfield and the back line were never far away from each other when Arsenal went forward. They kept it really tight. The second half saw Arsenal still knocking on the door. And then there were two major pivotal moments. Um, Xhaka's moment of madness in the 57th minute. So what happened was uh, Xhaka went flying in, as he normally does, turns his brain off, goes clattering in uh, with McNeil. There followed a bit of a heated debate between both sets of players and uh, Xhaka fell over Westwood's foot. 
Uh, he got up. He was aggrieved. He was flying. He was bullying. He, um, and then he grabbed uh, Westwood by the throat. And I didn't see it at first, but on the replay, as soon as it came up in slow-mo, it was a definite red. Um, I spoke to Reese t- today, a friend of mine, and we, we, we went over that incident again. And he said, oh, do you really think it was a red? Yes, it was. It was a red, straight red. It was um, a violent act. And Guendouzi got the same. It's very reminiscent of the same thing. What's going on at Arsenal? Guendouzi, um, who was it? Uh, Neil Mapay, wasn't it, from uh, Brighton? Uh, and at the end of the final whistle, it wasn't even during the contest. And we all know what happened then to Guendouzi. He got sort of farmed out um, on loan. Hertha Berlin, is it? And he's doing, he's doing really well. So what happened then? Could it get any worse? Well, it nearly did. Mohamed Elneny was incredibly lucky to escape a red card. Um, some would say it was a bit harsh. But in the 72nd minute, when Arsenal were defending, um, he looked like he joined the party to try and strangle an opponent. I know what he was doing. He was trying to, he was facing his opponent. His opponent was facing the goal and he tried to just shove him back a bit, like the players do in those sort of free, free kick situations, corners and all that sort of thing. But it looked like he was trying to strangle him. Um, He only got a yellow card, which I thought was incredibly lenient. But that's when Arsenal's luck finally ran out. In the 74th minute, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang out-jumped Brownhill. The ball skimmed off his considerable bouffant into the Arsenal net, leaving Leno stranded. And that was that. Burnley had come to get three points. They got a very fortuitous goal. I don't think they were going to score any other way than a a sort of Arsenal mistake. But then they did all the key things that a team should do. They shut down. They chased. They ran for every ball. They gave you no space or time. And that was it. That was game over. Uh, But they can't be criticised for that. It was Arsenal's job to find a way through. And what they did... They did well. They ran down and attacked the goal uh, on numerous occasions, um, peppered the goal through the kitchen sink at it. But the balls weren't of the quality where you could get on the end of them. They were too short. They were too long. They were in front. They were behind. That type of thing. The, The final ball was lacking. So obviously after that, my move went down considerably. I told the cat not to look at me. I kicked a few of the soft toys that the kids had left in the lounge. And then the missus comes in and she said, Tom, there's a cup of tea there. And I said, I don't want that. And she said, why? And I said, because it will probably taste of disappointment. <laughs> which, which drew an odd look. It said, oh, it's him again with his football nonsense. Um, we all react differently. Let's be fair. I, my mood has got worse as I've got older. I'll freely admit that. Everyone around me knows it. You know, don't go near him. Arsenal have just lost for uh, about seven days. He'll be fine after that. But my reaction is nowhere near as bad as this guy. Take a listen to this. I've had enough. Burnley losing 1 0 at home. I'm sick of it on Twitter. I've defended you, but you've got to go. There's the door. Tala. Honestly, Shaka, go, leave. Look what you're doing to me. I'm sick of it. We're losing one nil. We're passing it round the back. 
Aubameyang, we sacked 50 staff to pay for your new contract, and what do you do? Nothing! But a plane just ain't on you. I'll tell you, you have got to go. I'll back you, I'll back you till the cows come home, but now is enough. Five points off the relegation zone. Losing to Burnley. Burnley! Take it in. I'm sick of it. I've had enough. I have had enough. I've had it up to here. It's got to go. Shaka, you've got to go. I'm absolutely sick of this club. I'm done. Finished. <laughs> Oh, you shouldn't laugh at someone's misery, should you? Not not in their times of desperation. But that guy is an absolute classic. He's taking it really badly, isn't he? I take things badly, um, but not like that. I mean, can you imagine behaving like that in front of your wife and kids? Oh, it, it, it beggars belief. If there's anyone out there that knows this fellow, I don't know his name. It was I found it on uh, Facebook, but I'd love to get him on the show. Could you imagine? I could just do the intro and go to bed. He'd still be there at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Mr. Angry, please calm down. Get, do some yoga. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with you. You know, have a Redox bath, have a cup of tea. You, you can't behave like that. Anyway, coming up is Michael. We've got uh, some things to discuss, including the Xhaka incident. Uh, it's done on a telephone line, so we'll see how that goes. And then we'll... Uh, up the technology when we need to, but uh, let's go for it. Right, just going to welcome Michael. Hello, Michael. You're right. Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, well, I say that, but uh, with the performance at the weekend, a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Really? Well, yeah, a bit of a shocker to be fair. What did it you was, make of it? Um, I was watching it, and I thought we were struggling for creativity anyway, and. I know, like, the red card and that, but to be fair, I thought we was hanging out for a draw. It looked like we was playing for a draw, which yeah, was there embarrassing. Was, there was just no spark, was there, really? Uh, it, there was nothing being... Well, there was plenty of chances. They were making chances, but they, they weren't good chances, were they? There was no-one going to get on the end of them. No, it's, no, it's like the game before um, Tottenham. It was pretty much the second half against Tottenham. We was all over them, but couldn't create any clear-cut chances whatsoever. Um, it's quite a mystery, isn't it, really? We've got all these um, sort of attacking players. You've got your Reese Nelsons, your Saka, you've got Lacazette, um, obviously Yang, And we can't find two of the best strikers in that division. What do you, what do no. you put that down to? Is it just quality or...? Um, squad rotation as well, where we keep chopping and changing the front three and um, the wide players as well. There's just no consistency. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's a, I just can't get my head round it because we're so poor. I've got to be honest, that first 45 minutes, I was bored. Yep. And... Gone. Yeah, it's been like a lot of the season, to be fair. Yeah, it's um, they're hard to watch at the minute. I've never been in a position, to be fair, where I kind of just want to turn it off at times because it was it was just, and I'm I'm probably really spoiled because I I'm obviously older than you, and go back to the uh, Invincibles and you know Bergkamp, Thierry Henry, Vieira, um, yep. Perez. So you had you had plenty to enter. Every time you went, you got entertained. This nice. is really weird. It is, and like 10 goals in 11 games, or 12 games, what it is now, is quite embarrassing, it says it all really. Yeah, it does. 
Um, what do you make of uh, Thomas' party? Do you think he was rushed back? Yeah, it's, um, I think it was a bit of a rush job, just because obviously he knows he's under pressure. He needs he needs someone with that bit of quality, and we've seen quality from party against United. And he bossed the midfield in that game, and I think he was trying to do that against Tottenham, but rushed him back too soon. Right, let's. Um, well, as I said earlier in the podcast, two pivotal moments uh, in the game, and obviously the big talking point is Xhaka. What yes. did you make of that? Um, he's just lost his call at the end of the day. This, um, I know, like he shouldn't have done it, but yeah, was it was it in red? I know it was a second yellow, but at the end of the day, I've seen I've seen worse, and they've let it slide. So that was a bit of a weird one for sure. But um, like like I previously said, even if he hadn't have been sent off, I think we'd be hanging out for a draw. You yeah. know, like we we was playing to draw. See, when I saw it first off, I, I didn't I didn't actually catch it. It happened so quickly, and your eyes are drawn everywhere, aren't they? Um, yeah. And it was only on the replay, and as soon as they played that back, I thought, oh, he's gone. For me, it was just a straight red, and I spoke to a guy called Reese, and he, he questioned, a bit like yourself, sort of, oh, was it a sending off? But yeah. I just thought, oh, you might as well start walking. Well, as soon as the ref went to check it, I had a, that's when my gut feeling kicked. Yeah, he's gone now. But it's just one of them turning points in the game, isn't it? Well, I don't know whether you know, today, Arteta's made a statement about Xhaka, and I haven't got the statement in front of me, but basically supporting him, saying that everyone makes mistakes. And I thought it was a bit of a double standard, because when Gwen Doozy did exactly the same, but after the final whistle, he got got shoved off. He got dropped, and then he publicly criticised Pepe as well earlier this season, saying it was unacceptable behaviour. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it looks to me as sometimes he has his favourites and he doesn't. And I think he's struggling to try and get the balance in the team right, because in a way he's trying to be everyone's friend and not a manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I found it was a real double standard. And if Gwen Doozy is watching all this, which I'm sure he's not bothered, but if he was no. watching it, he'd be going, well, why wasn't that me? Why didn't I get a bit of support? Plus, he's younger as well. What is he, 21? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he is about 21, 22, I think, no? So you think he'd get a bit more guidance from um, a player that's got lots of experience and now a manager. You'd think he'd go that way, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, I think he's. I think he really highly rates Jacka. To be fair, and I think he just wants to try and keep him sweet. Here's the other thing as well: is they're going on about Arteta uh, improving the defence. You wouldn't recognise that at the minute, would you? No, <laughs> no, definitely. Still not. shipping goals. <laughs> yeah, and it's through like moments of lapse of concentration. A lot of the goals. I was thinking about uh, William Saliba the other day. We paid £27 million for him. Lots of people rate him. And he just... We're going to farm him out again, apparently. We're not going to sell him. We're going to farm him out again. I was told, and I don't know whether this is true, that he's got a, a bit of an attitude. He's a bit of an Anelka. But even oh. so, I mean, he's a, he's better than most of those. Apart from Mari. I quite like Mari, do you? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can't understand why Arteta's just sort of brushed him off 
and put him out on loan. Don't get it. I can't speak to I know he played for the under 23s, the other and got himself sent off with his cause. Um, but to be fair, when we bought Gabriel in, in the summer, I thought he was going to be a perfect partner for like, Saliba. Me too. And I, thought, and I thought the two young players there, all right, you've got like David Louise, who's always prone to mess up major league during games. But um, I think he's a lot better than Mustafi, to be fair. Cool, who isn't? I'm better than Mustafi. You're better than Mustafi. <laughs> Even when we've had a drink. No, I know. <laughs> I know. But for some reason, he persists with him. See, the first 45, going back to it, first 45 was so dull. And I, it was like watching the old England matches. Um, I, I just thought when the second half would come and he, he's bound to put Smith Rowe on because he had a good game during the week. Uh, yeah. Maybe put Maitland-Niles on, just freshen it up. Yeah. But it, it, just, it, it was more of the same. And it went no, on man. and on and on. And we still didn't get a sub. No, I think, I think he is struggling at the minute. He's struggling to um, recognise when he needs to change game, when he needs to change the game and tr- change the dynamic of the game. Do you think there's too much to change, himself. though? Too much change? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think because he's, I think a lot of this because he's been criticised heavily by the press, by everyone, saying that he chops and changes. I even said it myself earlier that he chops and changes a bit too much. Now, I think he's playing on his mind a bit, so he's a bit reluctant to actually make a change as and when he needs it at the minute. He changes more than Ranieri, and he got criticised, didn't he, about uh, yeah. all the changes. Um, what did yeah. they call him? I can't, I can't remember what they called him now. The team come out. that's the one. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just, um, there's a lot of things at Arsenal that aren't right at the minute, and I think they're reflected in the majority of the games. Now, they're saying that uh, there's problems in the squad. They're saying that Arteta has upset, you touched on it earlier, uh, has upset the players by publicly having a go at Pepe. Yeah. Um, and also that he's fell out with David Luiz. I mean, all these things, obviously, because it's Arsenal, and Arsenal get a really uh, get clogged, don't they, in the press? Yeah. Do you, do you think there's, there's some sort of evidence of that? I think there is, because of the way we're playing. There's no unity. Yeah, I, I can see it, because it's almost like a disjointed changing range. And it's, it all, it's sort of starting to remind me what it was looking like when they was trying to get rid of Emery. Exactly it. I was just going to add that, that it, it, it is very much that feel. Yeah, they weren't performing. They thought, I know what, he's not, if we're not getting the results, he's down to the manager, we'll, we'll stitch him up. And to be fair, if they was to get rid of Arteta, I don't think the next manager would do too well himself because, once again, he's inheriting a load of crap, to be fair. Oh, you kept that clean. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to try and think then. But... Temptation was there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. But like, like, there's loads of people saying they want him out, they want him out, and things like that. But at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of last season, he done very well. We got the FA Cup, we won the Charity Shield. The thing that I'm starting to realise is that our cup form is a lot different to our league form. Yeah, we seem to be doing all right in the cups, but absolutely shocking in the league. Yeah, it's it's um, you're whatever you're doing with your microphone or your phone, you're breezing yeah. in sometimes and breezing out. But don't worry, it we're we're still catching it, so it, it's good. To be fair, I think it's going to take a lot longer than a season to try and get this team back to where it should be. 
just going to take them. What do you think about uh, incoming players? I mean, Edu's come out today, apparently, um, trying to pour cold water on that idea that Arsenal are going to spend in January. But I think it's inevitable, really. If they don't bring about two midfielders and a, a central defender, if they're not going to use Saliba, I think we're going to be really in trouble. Yeah, well, I think if they're going to say I'm going to ship them out, then obviously they need a replacement because Mustafi's contract's gone. Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ablo Mari, I know he's coming back from injury. What would he be like next to Gabriel? He might be a bit better. But, he uh, looks fairly solid. He does. And I, I watched him in, like, when, before we bought him, I watched guns, like, I heard about when he was buying him. I watched that game he played against Liverpool in the Cup, in that Club World Cup, and he was outstanding against Liverpool. Yeah. So, it's a shame he, he got injured really early on, didn't he? And what's he been out for, about six months? Yeah. Um, Striker-wise, the good news is we've got Martin Martinelli coming back from injury. That's great news. Yeah, because to me, he looks like an L&L goal scorer where he's not afraid to have a shot. He will he will take punk players on and he will go, go for gun. And I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Right, out of those, uh, the three young strikers we've got, we've got Gabby Martinelli, we've got Eddie Nketiah and we've got uh, Balogun. Yep. Which one would you put up first? Martinelli. Which one would you put up second? I rate Balogun more than Nketiah. Yeah, I, I said on the podcast earlier... I said, I don't know what it is with me. I've got a problem with him. I mean, he's always getting goals. Yeah. But the problem I've got is I just don't fancy him. No, he's... Not in that respect, but, you know. (laughs) He seems to me like, yeah, he's bulked up quite a bit, but he's still... He's not not that strong on the ball. Yeah. When you've you've had strikers previously, like Giroud, could hold the ball up really, really well, and you've had other players that could do it as well. And you look at him, yeah, he does fantastic for the England under-21s, but he just doesn't seems to cut at a club level. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, um, I, I'd, I'd agree with what you said there. Martinelli, definitely. Balogun uh, in the 1-2 order. And then I would yeah. look at Inketia. And I think it's going to be quite interesting because when Lacazette does move on, when Aubameyang moves on, uh, you've got to look at replacing those. And probably those two are my favourite at the minute. Yeah, um, definitely. Right, I'm going to play, play a game called Keep yeah. or Flog. Um, yep. I'll give you some names of the Arsenal players. You say whether you want to keep them or flog them. Maitland yep. Niles. Keep. Reese Nelson. Keep. Said Kalazanach. Flog. Is an interesting one. Callum Chambers. Flog. <laughs> Not because he got a red card, but he's up next. Granite Xhaka. He's really rated by um, Arteta and I, I've had problems with him for many a season now. I just don't get it. I don't see what these managers see in him. Um, I'd keep because obviously he was a big he was a big part in Thomas Party coming. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll put him in the reserves for the under-21s or something. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> what about William? Flog. Yeah, I've um, I've kind of said my bit with William over the last um, podcast, but um, apart from the Fulham game, what's he done? Nothing. And to be fair, we must have got the only Brazilian that can't take a corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Can't take a free kick, can't take a corner. We've got um, like a, I don't know, a, a, a two left-legged Brazilian. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alexander Lacazette. Kate. 
Yeah, actually, I mean, I was talking about flogging him off, but uh, you think about, uh, he's not a number 10. I wouldn't put him as a number 10, but he does a lot of work. Um, yeah. he, he takes, he draws players out. Um, he'll hold the ball up, like you were saying. And you really, I think we should probably, with Aubameyang and Lacazette, maybe do a, a front two. Yeah, four, because, four, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that would work for me. Um, yeah. Hector Bellerin. He's, he's lost some pace, hasn't he? Yeah, flog. Yeah. Um, he's 28 million, by the way, on the current valuations. I'll give you the valuations as we go. Um, I'll go back to them. Rob Holding. Flog. Yeah, good man. Um, I've got a real problem with that right side when they set up and it's Bellerin and Holding side by yeah. side. God, ripped to no, pack. Tottenham, done prone. us over. They're prone to two, two or three mistakes a day. Yeah, Hellerin, uh, Bellerin just can't get back and Holding, well, he's got no pace anyway. No. For a tall guy, he's just like a bit like himself, really. Got no pace. Yeah, like, when we got him, he was big. He was uh, built up to be the next Tony Adams and everything, but I can't see it. See, the thing about Tony Adams, when we're talking about Tony Adams, is he had brilliant awareness. Yeah, he did have a lot of pace, but he could read the game. Yeah, and that's what I think Rob Holding's missing, because he looks bamboozled sometimes. You think, where's he going now? Yeah. Right, um, Mohamed Elneny. Judging on performances this season, I'd give him another another uh, season to see if he can do it. Yeah, I mean, that goal against Dundalk, what was that? That was a rocket. Yeah, it was great. Even he would look shocked, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> Nine times out of ten, they go rogues in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matteo Guendouzi. Flog. Yeah. Um, Lucas Torreira. See, I've always liked Torreira and I didn't want him to leave in the first place, but we're getting quite overcrowded for defensive midfielders, so I'd say flog. See, if we were going to get him... Uh, back, which we are. Uh, apparently, yeah. he's, he's been parked back with us within the month. I'd get rid of Elneny. What's the point of having both of those? Yeah, or to be fair, I'd have Torreira over Xhaka. Right, OK. Um, what we got then? Uh, so, Maitland-Niles, got any idea what he's worth? Uh, 25 to 30. No, 16.2. I was quite shocked. Yeah, that's gone right down, isn't it? Reese Nelson? Uh, 10, 13. 11.25. Yeah. Kalasinac, we're going down to the Aldi's bargain basement now. Uh, eight. Yeah, you're close, nine. Uh, Callum Chambers? Ooh. Dodgy one, isn't it? Nine. 14.5, can you believe that? Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay that, would you? No. He's been out for God knows how long as well. He's another one of the things you find. Yeah, uh, Granite Xhaka? Um, I'd say 28 to 32. No, 22.5. Really? Yeah, William, £1.50. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, 17 million. Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay that. What is he, 32? Uh, 31, I think he is. Is he? He I plays like so. he's 51. Yeah, 81. Alexander Lacazette. Oh, valuation, I'd say 35 to 40. 37.8. Hector Bellerin. 28. <laughs> Bang on. Uh, well, we said that, didn't we, anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Rob Holding. Oh, I'd say about 12. No, 9.5. Really? Uh, El Nenny. Oh, 9. 6.3. Jesus. Gwen Doozy. Oh, I know 
we had quite a bit of interest in the summer, but no, it all fell through. I'd say about 28 to 32. 28.8, yeah, good call. And Lucas Torreira? I'd say, I'd say the same, 28 to 30. 27. Was it? Yeah. Um, so, roughly, I mean, I haven't done sums or added it up, but it sounds like about 200 million, doesn't it? Yeah. Roughly? Yeah. There or thereabouts? Yeah, and then go and invest it in some players, like especially some, and we need an
Yeah, it's weird. I, I think the game is all about the news. I just and, and it's weird. It's, it's I don't know. It's it's a hit and miss like subjects because one game he'll look absolutely outstanding, and the next game he'll look like a totally different colour. Yeah, you might have to say that again because it went wobbly. Oh, did it? Um, it's a bit of a hit and miss situation because one game he looks outstanding and then the next he looks like a totally different player. Like he can't string two passes together, let alone a through ball for the uh, striker to latch on to. Yeah, I'm, I'm just um, 23 years of age. I know he's, he's, he's really highly rated and they, they say that he's going to be world class and he has got a lot of skill, but he's just not what we need. I, I don't. I just can't see him commanding a game I can't see him uh, dominating a game. No, I can't. Right, I've got some other questions for you. Um, yep. It's for or against, right? So um, yep. we've been talking about five subs for the Premier League. I think they voted it down at one stage, didn't they? But um, my own thing was that I was in favour of five subs. I was. I, I thought it was. Um, it dealt with injuries, but it also let you change the tactics you could have gone in at half-time, it wasn't working, suddenly you've got three new players on the pitch, you haven't got to really worry about injuries because you, you know, you've got five subs. Yeah, and to be fair, I think we looked a better team and a better prospect with five subs than just three. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're holding off, I, I just don't see it. Injuries, you cut down on your injuries, if someone's tired, they played midweek, you can get 45 minutes out of them. No, exactly. Right, so you're on board with that. What about VAR? Um, against... Well, did you um, did you see the Liverpool Fulham game? No, I didn't see that. Oh, they got away with one. I tell you, uh, the Liverpool uh, guy was it Firmino um, just took this guy out at the ankle, and they went yeah. to VAR on the screen, and they didn't give anything. Uh, give a corner, I think it was. Yeah, well, they they're quite good at that because all our seats games get digital decisions. Yeah. What about subs for um, possible concussion? Like increasing it uh, straight. Well, I, I think they were talking about there's two ways of doing this, isn't there? It's all in with your five subs, or um, you just substitute the guy because it's like a health and safety thing. Yeah, I'm for it. To be fair, oh, after, was... after David Louise was in that incident against Wolves, they, he played on, but he didn't look as if he knew where he was. <laughs> he's, like, he's like that most of the time. <laughs> Well, yeah, but even worse than normal. Yeah. What about, this is really controversial, you're going to have to be really careful with this, taking the knee. Um, Shall I tell you where I stand? Yeah. I think initially when it first came out, it was great. It was solidarity, uh, you know, uh, it was making people aware. It was really good. Now I think it needs to be replaced. I think that the uh, governing bodies need to look at racism seriously, and there's enough of them, uh, and implement fines, life bans, uh, deduction of points, and imprisonment for the individuals. But I think taking the knees pretty much spent and that's not that's not me sort of saying I don't support the cause but what I'm saying is it's done and dusted it's sell by date's gone yeah there's there's, all, there's a chance of anything like that it's just going to run its, run its course and people are going to actually go the other way because they're fed up of hearing about it um, don't get me wrong there is a there is a quality differences and things that shouldn't still be happening in this day and age but I, I, in my opinion Everybody is aware of it now. Yeah. So, um, I think the expression so, is they've milked it. Yeah. 
let's have something positive. Let's have something that means something. Yeah, especially with especially with the current crisis that's going on. Yeah. Right, thanks, Mike, for joining us. Um, hope you had a bit of fun as well. Uh, hopefully you'll come back when you've got some time um, and join us again. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, make sure you keep safe in the current condition. Hope to speak to you soon. OK, mate. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Rumours now and press gossip. William may be parting company with Arsenal as early as January with Raul Betis rumoured to be interested in the former Chelsea man's services, according to El Gold Digital. Best of luck with that. Jamie Carragher, Jamie Carragher has expressed his surprise at Mikel Arteta's refusal to use William Saliba. Join the club. Uh, the Sky Pundit was in full agreement with Jose Mourinho, who said of Saliba... I think he has everything needed to become a good player, much like Kurt Zuma, who I signed. Zuma! Uh, Granite Xhaka and Christian Eriksen, could the swap be back on, with Inter said to be willing to offload the former Spuds man in exchange for the former Arsenal captain? Uh, Red Bull Salzburg attacking midfielder Dominic Sabosley is likely to be our top target uh, in January, even though Edu has come out and said we're not going to spend much. Um, but his more likely destination is said to be RB Leipzig. Benfica striker Darwin Nunes, 19, never heard of him. I'll have to look him up on YouTube, um, is of interest to uh, the Gunners. The number nine is athletic, fast, smart and strong with the Predators instinct. We could do with that. Maxi Gomez, 24, has emerged with uh, as a genuine transfer target for Arsenal and he's only going to cost a mere 125 million yeah that's likely isn't it now before we go uh, I just want to say that I was very sad to hear about Gerard Houllier dying the Liverpool uh, manager after uh, some sort of surgery in Paris won't go into that he was admired for his knowledge humility and good humour the sport has lost another great character uh, thinking of his family at this sad time. Let's just give a shout out to the Nashville Gooners East. That's Tanya King, Christine Bishop, Logan Elliott, Robert, Robert Courtner, and Alan Bish Bishop, who we're going to try and get on the show. So we'll have a Bishop. Then I'll give the Pope a ring. I'll get the Pope in with his Pope mobile and all that stuff. Thanks to Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbons for his support. And check out the blogs, artsdevils.com. I write for those frequently. Many, many good writers on there. Please, um, please look us up. Email the show at it's an Arsenal thing for at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll soon be on iTunes. But apart from that, thank you very much for joining us. Please stay safe. Please look after yourself and please join us soon. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>